Good morning, church family. Grace and peace to you. Grace and peace to you. Um, my name is uh, Mike Davis, and I do have the privilege. It is a privilege to get to um, uh, speak to you this morning and get to serve as one of the elders uh, here at Faith Church. Uh, in this role, I get the opportunity to speak this morning and um, <clears throat> speaking from Ephesians and kind of wrapping up this series that we've been doing on Walk Worthy. Uh, before I do that, though, um, I do just want to um, tell you that um, serving in, the, in this role has been a real blessing to me. And uh, one of the things that I hope to do is uh, bring you all some words of encouragement this morning. Um, and before I do that, though, I want to start out by highlighting uh, three groups of people. So uh, first of all, um, I, I want to shine the light on our elders. Um, Faith Church has been blessed with an amazing group of men who serve us as our elders. And there are several things I could tell you about each one of them, but that's not my purpose this morning. So if you want to hear about that, come and talk to me some other time. I'm just going to simply say that we're blessed to have them. And so I want to thank uh, Darren Davies, uh, Grant Stewart, Grant Bowstead, Marty Friesen, uh, Trevor Russell, and I don't want us to forget Hal Spence, who served us for a lot of years. And, you know, he, he completed his term at the end of last year. So uh, thankful for those men. Um, I also then secondly want to highlight um, our staff. We are also really blessed at this church with uh, an amazing staff, every single one of them. I don't just mean our pastoral staff, all our staff. Um, and again, I could tell you some things about each and every one of them uh, that would be encouraging, but that's not my purpose this morning. So I just want to say, though, I have been blessed by each and every person on our staff. Um, and then the third group of people that I want to um, shine the light on is all of you. So pretty much I'll have covered every single person in the room, right? Uh, but all of you, I just want you to know, it has been my blessing uh, to serve each and every one of you. Um, let's face it, we've been through a lot these last few years, and um, that has served to bring us closer together. Um, Ephesians 2 calls it being fellow citizens and members of the household of God. So um, there are many things that I think about that I could say about several of you in this room um, that have been a blessing to me. And so um, you've been a constant uh, uh, source of encouragement and prayer for the elders and for our church family. And so I just uh, want I wanted to highlight all of you as well. When we have our elder meetings, as a quick aside, I call myself the crying elder. We all cry. Um, I don't think there's much here to cry about in this message, but I already started crying when we're singing, and I barely got through that first page. So, sister, you might need to bring me some tissue at some point. I'm just saying, don't go run and get it now, but it's quite possible. Um, Okay, so I want you to know I'm really excited uh, to be up here and sharing this final message uh, with you from Ephesians today. Um, I, 
I really spent some time trying to think about why was I so excited. I, I am genuinely excited to be here. Um, I had a hard time putting my finger on it, and so as I was thinking about it, I think one of the things is it just falls under that category of shepherding. Uh, and I've come to learn that I, I love shepherding. So uh, another reason um, is, uh, again, over the last few years, we, we've probably all had opportunities to see uh, God's provision in our lives. And uh, I've had numerous things that I can think of where he has provided for me. Uh, and so when, when Derek first asked uh, if I was willing to do this, I said yes. And then I looked at the passage and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. It seems pretty simple. Um, but I'm confident that God's going to provide, and I think he has. I think he's given me a message to share with you all. Uh, and then lastly, um, I think the reason I'm excited is um, I'm standing up here for a different reason. Uh, this is going to be fun today. We get to talk about God's word, uh, how to apply it to our lives. Um, probably only going to be up here for 15 or 20 minutes. It's not going to be three or four hours. So... <laughs> Preach it, Neil. <clears throat> All right, so let me uh, uh, open up in prayer uh, before I get started here, so join me in prayer if you would. Father God, uh, we just come to you this morning, <clears throat> and uh, we thank you for your word, for your truth. We thank you that we have your spirit within us, leading us, and I pray that the words that... Um, that come out of my mouth this morning are your words, Lord. Uh, we know that your word is um, God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and righteousness. And so uh, we just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you have to say to us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... Uh, if we could get the first slide on the screen. Oh, so I'm, okay, I'm not going to be looking at it here. All right. Uh, so Ephesians 6, 21 to 24. Um, before we get started on this, here's, here's the three things that I want to do this morning, okay? First of all, uh, I want to bring you words of encouragement as the first part of this passage uh, talks about words of encouragement. So I'm going to bring you some words of encouragement from our elders and then just uh, hopefully, as we go through the message in this last uh, section in the Walk Worthy series. Secondly, uh, I'm going to talk about grace and peace. Paul both begins the letter of Ephesians and ends uh, talking about uh, grace and peace. So I want for us to do that this morning as well. Um, if you've missed some or any of the messages as we've been going through this, we've been going through this since January, I believe is when we started. Uh, hopefully this morning will be helpful because what I'm going to try to do is um, pull um, from the whole book, starting back in chapter 1, uh, uh, little snippets of Scripture that um, uh, support this grace and peace message. So uh, my wife thought it was really important when I was practicing to let you know we're not going to go through the whole book. I'm pulling some pieces out, uh, and then I'm going to have a short little application, so don't worry, this isn't going to be a five-hour meeting. <clears throat> um, Okay, so Ephesians 6, 21 to 24. Uh, so that you also may know uh, how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, I thought it was Tychicus, but Donna said you should look that up. So Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. 
I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all you who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. So, words of encouragement. I asked the elders uh, if any of them had any words that they wanted to share with you all. Uh, One elder uh, mentioned Matthew 10, especially uh, verses 16 and on. You don't have to look that up now. I'll just tell you in this chapter, this is where Jesus uh, is sending out the disciples, uh, the 12 disciples, and he tells them persecution is coming. He's, he's sending them out as sheep amongst wolves, and he foretells of all the difficult things that they're going to experience. Uh, he talks about a world that will be full of division. Not that different than our world today, right? Um, where brother will hand over brother to death, and parents and children will be against one another. Jesus says he hasn't come to bring peace to the earth. He's, of course, bringing peace to all of us that will be part of the family of God. But he's not bringing peace to earth, at least not yet. Um, The world will reject and even hate his message. So that sounds pretty encouraging, doesn't it? (laughs) But Jesus also tells them to have no fear, reminding them of how valuable they are to him. Not even a single sparrow falls to the ground without him knowing about it, and we're worth far more than many sparrows. He talks about the rewards that we'll receive for choosing to follow Christ. And as we experience the difficult things in this world full of chaos and confusion, division and hostility, remember, church family, God sees you. He loves you. He knows you so well, the hairs on your head are numbered. So that's a little more encouraging. Another elder uh, shared how he was noticing that when Jesus started his ministry on earth, he brought together uh, a very diverse group of people from very different backgrounds. He, he brought, uh, uh, he called a tax collector who's shunned by his fellow countrymen. He called fishermen who typically are competitive and used to uh, working on their own. He called a prostitute, uh, definitely held in low regard by society standards, and, and, and a zealot who would have very narrow and extreme perspectives on things. This group was very different, had different strengths and weaknesses, but Jesus called them together to follow him, and they were forced to rely on one another and to make loving each other the most important thing, even when they had different ideas about things. Jesus laid the foundation for his church with these people, and through his power, we too can represent him well with all our different varieties and strengths and weaknesses. And the last thing, when I think of words of encouragement, I'm reminded of someone who has walked worthy and whose walk ended this week and now is receiving her reward in heaven. You might have seen, if you saw the announcement sent out by email, our dear sister, Petey Prater, graduated to heaven this week. And we're, of course, sad to not have her with us anymore. Um, 
but she's uh, celebrating with Jesus right now. I'm encouraged when I think about her, what a prayer warrior she was. Um, I think of all the different notes uh, of encouragement that I would get for her and how she would pray for us, and I'm, and I'm sure a lot of you have received the same thing from Petey. So um, whenever I think of, uh, of Petey, I, my heart is encouraged. And so... Thank you, Lord, for Petey. All right. Uh, Grace and peace from Ephesians. Um, Wow, I see I am really going long, so I'm going to go fast through this. I promise, Derek. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if you all heard that. Neil said, you just preach it. We'll go home when we need to. (laughs) All right. So, um, I want to start off with a slide here as we go through this. Uh, Can we go to the next slide, Jim? I'm going to ask you to uh, a short little exercise here. I'm going to ask you if you can find, uh, amongst all these cute little birds here, if you can find the odd one out. And and actually, I'm not going to give you as much time as I thought. This one's kind of hard. And so I'm just going to tell you, if you go down uh, to the second row, one, two, three, fourth one over, that bird is missing, a, is missing an eyebrow. It took me at least five minutes, maybe, maybe more, to try and find them. I was going through all the legs, all the feathers, all the everything, right? But see, that one is just slightly different. Okay, let's, look at the, let's try the next one, Jim. This one's a little bit easier, right? Uh, second row, third one over from the right. All right, now, before we go to the next one, let's see if how long it takes you to find this one. Go ahead, Jim. (laughs) Notice all the rest are frowning. The one that's different is is smiling. I offer up these pictures as a reminder to us all that the church should stand out in the world, right? We should be easy to identify, not difficult to identify, because we live in ways that are so different than the world. Um, As we live out this message of Ephesians, And with God's power, we're able to walk worthy in increasing measure. And we, the church, will be more and more like this last slide in a world that's full of chaos. So Ephesians is packed with a lot of theology. Uh, There's probably many different themes that we could could go to. Uh, I'm just going to pull this grace and peace theme. Uh, Grace, right? We're saved by God's grace. The first half of the book teaches us about our need for salvation and the good news of the gospel message. And then the second half of the uh, book uh, builds upon that gospel message, how um, through that gospel we can have peace with God and we can have peace with each other. It calls us to a high calling for how we're going to live our lives uh, to be at peace with one another. So, um, chapter 1. Don't worry. I, I, I know I need to get through this quickly. Chapter 1, so God chose us, right? Verses 4 and 5, God chose us. Ed and Derek spoke to us about this both. They preached, uh, Eric told us about, uh, Derek told us about adoption and how God lavished his grace on us. Uh, God gave us what we don't deserve and didn't give us what we do deserve. And then he asked this question, do we treat others in the same way? 
this was back in January, right after we had the, uh, the violence at the nation's capital following the election uh, the, that raised the bar on the political tension in our country. Uh, it was all over the news and media. That was all we talked about. Um, and Derek reminded us that as we interacted with people and talked with them, um, are we focusing on who's right and who's wrong, or are we um, responding in ways that are different than the world? Which one of those slides do we want to look like, right? Uh, Ed, where are you, brother? I so appreciated your message uh, when you shared about how you a lot of times try to begin with the end in mind when you face things that are difficult. You told us that in spite of everything that was going on in the world, we have this pandemic, and so we're f fearful about our, our health, our, our loved one's health, our jobs. Uh, we had all the political tensions. We had racial issues. We had a couple of things going on in our church as well. In spite <clears throat> of all these difficulties, you told us not to panic. If we begin with the end in mind, the end meaning eternity, we know that things are going to work out. We know that uh, in verse 10, Ephesians says that <clears throat> what God is working towards is Christ is going to, uh, all things are going to be brought together, united in Christ. In chapter 2, Ed then went on to tell us about how we were dead in our sins and we're sinners by nature. Uh, we weren't just uh, kind of dead. You know, we're alive here on earth, but spiritually, we're not just kind of dead. We're dead dead, right? We don't even know we're dead. We can't respond to anything. Uh, he talked about how um, our, our nature, dead in our sins, we're sinners by nature, right? Remember the horse thief analogy. A horse thief isn't a horse thief because it steals horses, he said. That's just their behavior. Uh, a horse thief is a thief that steals horses. And so he behaves by, by, by doing that. So we are sinners, uh, not because of our actions. We are sinners by nature, which causes us to commit sinful actions. So we're in a bad way. We need saving. And then one of my favorite Phrases in the Bible, verse 4, but God, but God, being rich in mercy, what did he do for us? He, he saved us. So we got to hear from Jake. Where are you at, brother? Where's Jake? There you are. We got to hear from Jake, and he pointed out to us how God's plan for salvation does not come to us in the way that the world thought it would in Paul's day and the way that our world thinks about it today. It was countercultural. Uh, we live in a society that's me first, that's very individual. And it's very difficult for us to think that um, we, we essentially have to deny what we've done. We can't say to God, look, here's all the things that I did. I should be saved, right? No. God did it all. That's very countercultural. Derek went on to, to tell us about how we were separated from Christ then and we were alienated from the common, commonwealth of Israel. In other words, we weren't citizens of God's people. We weren't heirs to the promises uh, and we had no hope. One of my next favorite phrases in the Bible, verse 13, but now. So Christ is our peace. Because of Christ, he, what he did, he broke down the dividing wall of hostility so that now we can have peace with God, which you'll find in verse 16, and peace with each other. Regardless of what your background is, your race, age, sex, nationality, all those things. We are all members of the household of God. 
chapter 3, Derek and Ed, again, both preached to us. We, we saw Paul saying, for this reason, and he had to say it twice because he interrupted himself. He apparently was so excited about the gospel. And I just want to pull out verse 10. We are to stand out. Um, that one was important enough. I'm going to stop and read it. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. God's wisdom will be demonstrated through us, through his church. We are to stand out. We shouldn't look like the world. He gives us help on, uh, with that. Derek preached to us about how we are, we, we are to be rooted and grounded in God's love. And the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of the love of Christ that surpasses our knowledge. Uh, and he, through his power, is able to do more through us than anything that we could even think or imagine. That's encouraging to me. So then chapter 4, we see what Derek called the shift or the pivot. Um, and because then, therefore, right? What's the therefore, therefore? So because of what God has done, uh, saved us through his grace, how should we respond? And Paul urges us to walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So what does this uh, walk look like? Uh, we see in verse 2, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. Gentleness. I loved that you, how you said this, Derek. Gentleness, also known as meekness. Um, that doesn't mean weakness. That means strength under control. We also see in verse 3 the call to unity. And uh, we heard Derek talk about being eager, make haste, be diligent, be zealous. He said you might even think of it as fighting for unity. That phrase stuck with me because it, they're kind of opposites, right? You're going to fight for peace. You're going to fight for unity. But when you're having conversations with people about any number of different things in our world right now, are you, are you fighting to make unity the most important thing? Derek preached to us about what the body of Christ should look like, that there's diversity amongst Christians. We're unique, and grace was given to each one of us according to our gifts. We all have a special ministry to perform, which brings glory to God. Every single one of us is a minister. Each of us is needed as a member of the body. We're not to be consumers. We're to be contributors to our church family. And then there was that great picture of what the church should look like, not a pyramid, not a bus where we all get on the bus and ride and Derek and Ed, you know, lead the bus. Uh, uh, but a stadium, a stadium where um, um, the, the church staff and the elders and the pastors aren't down on the field playing and we're all watching. No, we're all in the stadium. Uh, I read another devotional that talked about maybe, maybe the leaders of the church are uh, the quarterbacks or we're, we're having a huddle and then we go out and play. It's the world that is in the stadium watching us, right? And then you said, we don't remain children. We're carried about uh, where we are carried about by the world's uh, schemes. 
but rather uh, we want to grow into maturity um, in verse 14. Again, where we can stand out and be different. We need to be mature because there are so many uh, things in the world today that Satan can use to deceive us. Uh, so many things that we're talking about, whether it's political uh, issues, how do, we f- how do we fix our nation's finances, how do we fix racism, what do we do with this uh, uh, pandemic? Um, we need to be mature. Uh, chapter 5, uh, we talked about being imitators of God. So walking in love as Christ loved us, and he gave himself up for us, right? Right, brothers and sisters? He died for us. So uh, we went through uh, in detail all the different things uh, that we were, were called away from. Derek talked about in verse 21 about being uh, uh, filled with the Spirit. And one of the things mentioned uh, in, in the three different ways of being filled with the Spirit is submission. Submission. And then we got into relationships, the end of chapter 5 and starting in verse 6. We started, we started with husbands and wives. Um, wives are called to submit to their husbands in verse 22. In verse 25, husbands are, are called to love uh, their wives in the same way that Christ loves the church. So are we willing to die for them? Or, or maybe more practically, um, are we... Am, am, am I willing to make the things that I'm interested in that are important to me, which doesn't mean I can't still uh, pursue those, but am I willing to submit those um, to make sure that things that are important to Donna are those first in my life? Um, husbands and wives, they're equal but different, with different roles just like the Trinity different roles. All right, chapter 6. Parents and children. Ed, Ed, I told Ed this morning, I learned so much from Ed's sermon on parents and children, verses 1 through 4. He, I, I will just keep it to this. Ed taught us how obedience comes out of honoring. Honoring and obeying uh, people or uh, those in authority can be difficult because it has the potential to mean I might not get what I want. And you said we're kidding yourse- ourselves if we think that we can we cannot do that in our earthly relationships, but but I'll still do that with God. And then you talked to uh, those of us that are in authority. In this, in this passage, we're talking about parents, but um, to not provoke others to anger. And, and anger, how it poisons relationships. And we see that all around us, right? Uh, if you're watching TV, again, political stuff, racial stuff, um, strong opinions about what to do in this pandemic, all that we've gone through in the last few years with the conflict that we dealt with. Anger. God has a lot to say about anger. He doesn't say don't get angry, but he tells us what to do with that anger because it poisons us and it poisons our relationships. And then again, we see uh, bond servants and masters. We see the submission and the high calling for the one in authority. So, wow. That was even longer than I thought. I was, thought I was going fast. I'm sorry, brothers and sisters. <laughs> 
So application. Um, I read a number of things on how we can apply this to our lives and how we can walk worthy. Um, again, this concept of submission. Um, a lot of people can view submission as caving in. You're caving into pressure. Or maybe it's a fearful type of submission about what might happen. Um, but it, can't, it doesn't have to be that. Submission can be yielding. It can be yielding out of respect for another or an authority. I looked up, as I often do, words in the Bible. I go to Webster's to try and help me, Webster's Dictionary, to try and help me better understand the word and better understand deeply what is it that you're trying to say to me, God? And Webster's has to say this about submit. It's to yield oneself to a governance or an authority or to the will of another. If Donna and I have a disagreement about something, how willing am I to yield to her opinion? I mean, come on, husbands, who are we kidding? Our wives are smarter than us anyway, so why, why don't we learn this? Uh, submit can mean to permit oneself to be subjected to something or to defer to or consent to abide by the opinion or authority of another. Brothers and sisters, yielding is a choice that we make. So, as we walk worthy, the traffic sign, stop, uh, uh, the crosswalk sign, stop, walk, I, I would ask us all to just stop and consider what's happening if there's some area of your life where you don't have peace. If there's a relationship where you don't have peace, if you're um, not at peace with some authority, just stop and think about that. I'm not saying that you're wrong, that, that you're the one that's wrong. I'm not saying you can't be angry. Um, I, I, I'm saying, I'm not saying you don't have an opinion or, or, or certainly there are times when we need to speak the truth in love, right? But let's just stop and consider, uh, am I willing to fight for unity? Is that, is, is my being right the most important thing or is peace and unity with a brother or sister in the Lord, is that the most important thing? As we walk, as we walk in our relationships and try to walk worthy, first of all, don't stress that you have to do this on your own, right? We have God's grace, His Spirit working in us. He will do the work in you. He's transforming us. Trust Him. Be confident in His power to help you do this well. So think as you walk in your relationships, uh, as you interact with coworkers, family members, as you interact with people on social media or email or texting or even just speaking about someone, the president, the governor, um, I don't know, the CDC, whatever it is, think about, think about your words. Are they encouraging? Uh, Proverbs talks about um, uh, godly people, righteous people, their words are a fountain of life. So yield, where appropriate. I'm not saying always yield. You don't have to be a doormat. 
but I'll bet there are many times that uh, we, there are many more opportunities where we could be yielding than what we really think they are if we make unity and peace the most important thing. All right. That's all I have to say to you this morning, <laughs> brothers. That's all I have to say. Not a lot. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you.